Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Jovan Lazo, And of course, we have uh, my partner in crime, Dr. Sean Harris with us today. How are you, Sean? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited to do another episode of this uh, Road to Residency and give some advice to everyone listening. Exactly. And have you gotten used to being called Dr. Sean Harris yet? Um, I think you're the only one who's called me that so far, <laughs> and every single time I hear it, it uh, feels a little uh, surreal and a little uh, little weird, Dr. Lizzo, but I appreciate it. <laughs> anytime, anytime, Dr. Harris. Um, that's what friends are for. But yeah, so like Sean said, we're definitely excited to get back um, to the road to, to residency. Um, these small little tidbit episodes that we're giving you to kind of help everybody that's listening be able to match because that's what we all want to do of course so today's episode will be focused more on the interview prep so this will be part three of our series and we just wanted to kind of start off talking about how to prepare for the certain questions that they could ask the type of questions they could possibly ask presentations and just some overall tips that we have to kind of help you be successful on interview day and then we'll go more in depth about the interview day experience and some things to keep in mind on the next episode for this residency series. So to start off, uh, we just kind of want to talk about the different questions that you'll be asked. And the main type of questions that not only just Sean and I, but other um, colleagues that we've talked to, we've all have had a lot of behavioral type questions. So the first thing I'm going to challenge you all to do and I'm sure Sean would agree, is have at least three strengths and weaknesses ready to go. There should be no hesitation. You have to know your at least three. I would recommend you, you have five in your pocket, but have at least three strengths and weaknesses just ready to go, ready to elaborate on them, um, whatever the case may be. Of course, it's going to be individualized to the person, but you know, a, a strength can be time management. You know, you're going to have a lot of different tasks during a residency. That would be a great strength to have. Um, Sean, do you have any recommendations for like strengths and weaknesses? Um, in terms of specific ones? Yeah, if, if you yeah. have any. Um, I think so for me, like just ask people like that, that know you well, whether it be a friend, colleague, preceptor, like, hey, what are my biggest strengths? Because then you can get an honest answer. And then if you feel like it's actually fit you, when you um because normally when you answer a strength and weakness question it's normally in the beginning when it's like in that tell me about yourself kind of question phase before you get deeper into the interview so i feel if you have strengths that actually like goodly define what your strengths actually are then you can sort of recall them back when they ask you a later question so i like to just try to do honest ones for strengths so for me like i would say like um proactive um is a good one um think that, like optimistic and um a lifelong like a lifetime learner like things like that that show like you're eager to learn you're gonna be on the ball ready to go just whatever really defines you but in turn i think the hardest the harder thing is coming up with weaknesses yeah because those you have to be honest try not to be cliche but then you either have to spin it into being a positive or spin mm-hmm. it into something that you're currently working on. And I feel like that's where a lot of people struggle. Yeah. And one, I'll actually give one that I, that I gave. Um, and I want to say one or two of the RPDs, 
agreed with me and they said that that's one of their problems and they're working on that too. So that's how they, they know you're being authentic and it's honest is was how to give feedback to people because um, everybody's different. So you have to really cater your feedback to that type of person. You know, there's certain coaches that you'll notice that with an athlete, they might yell at a player, but at another player, they talk to them calmly. Um, they're a lot nicer. It's just because they understand each player responds differently to the different type of feedback or energy that coach is giving them. So that's something that um, I definitely put, and I kind of put that, and I said that because it was honest and just something that I could always improve and work on. And that's something that I think a lot of people have struggle with is how to deliver a message to somebody for that person to interpret it the right way. Cause there's so many different personalities um, in the workplace, especially if you're the boss, you might have like what, at least four or five pharmacists have a couple technicians as well. So, you know, have students that you might have to give feedback to if you're a preceptor. So that can be kind of challenging. Some people might take it the wrong way. So that's something that, um, that I personally use. So finding like Sean said, those things, those weaknesses, one thing I did, I was very fortunate uh, to reach out to one of my colleagues, uh, Mai, and she was able to help me kind of figure out some of my weaknesses. So definitely reach out to people that you're close to, that know you well to kind of help you identify your strengths and your weaknesses and help you identify if that's a weakness that you should mention, you know, because maybe you have a weakness that, but that might not work in your favor when you're going in for an interview. So you always want to keep that in mind. But yeah, I, th I think that's the best thing. Another thing you can do is also ask preceptors. I know I did that as far as strengths and weaknesses. I definitely went back and asked some of the preceptors that were willing to write me a letter of recommendation to see what they thought were some of my strengths and weaknesses and wanted to see whether or not if I could utilize that. So definitely feel free to reach out to some friends, family members, preceptors, teachers, et cetera, um, a faculty advisor, whoever ha you have a good rapport with that could definitely be beneficial. But no matter what, make sure you have it like ready to go. Um, it's not something that you should have to think about. It's something that they're expecting you to be prepared and have a quick response with. Now for the next type of questions that, that you could also have, you could also ask some quirky questions. So I remember one of them, they asked me like, what would be my theme song? Um, once I asked me, Sean, did you have any quirky questions that that you were asked? Um, like if you could be like any medication, what would you be? Um, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? No, what animal describes you mm. best and why? That's what animal describes you. Also, I believe I was asked like, what would you do if you weren't a pharmacist? And, you know, just being honest and transparent with those answers. They're just trying to get a feel for your personality. It doesn't have to be cliche but just also be prepared to be asked some questions that have nothing to do with pharmacy and nothing to do with behavioral or situational or situational type questions. Other things that we definitely felt would be important for you to know is like their mission statement. They're, every program is going to ask you why them. So definitely try to tie in why you chose them with their mission statement. So that way they know that your goals align with how that hospital conducts business how that health system um, envisions their coworkers to be or their employees to be. Because that's the main thing. You want to make sure that you're, they want to make sure that you are a good fit with them. 
So you can definitely do that by making sure your response kind of ties in with their mission statement and what the goals of that program is. Other type of questions that you, you could ask, I kind of touched to earlier, would be like the situational questions. Some of them would be, you know, tell me about a time you've had a conflict with another coworker, maybe a classmate on a group project, just, you know, any type of conflict or any type of negative situations. That's something that I would definitely be prepared to answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially ones that are more um, like work-based, like whether it be like on a job or on rotation or interactions with physicians. Um, so make sure you have, like you know, we talked about at least having three to five strengths and weaknesses ready. You need to have, I'd probably say five to seven different types of situations that you are able to elaborate on to kind of go off of these behavior-based questions like a conflict with a coworker or tell me about a time you made a recommendation and, um, and a physician didn't agree with you or something like something like that. Like there's going to be a lot of questions like that. And a lot of these, if you don't have these events or situations predetermined, like in your back pocket, like, you know, you're going to bring them up. You may find yourself stammering or caught off guard and you're not going to be able to confidently answer the question. And that's going to look really bad. So you definitely, definitely um, rehearse these and become familiar with them. Things you want to talk about. And also some other questions that that I was asked and you could possibly be asked as well as more personal questions. So tell me about a time you failed. You know, tell me about a time you had a successful accomplishment because they want to know what is success to you. They want to know how do you respond to failure? Did you just, you know, give up after you failed at whatever it was, let's say um, you're trying to win some award. Did you just quit or did you try again next year and, and you were able to accomplish and get that award? So, you know, how do you respond to failure? How do you, how do you view success? What is success to you? Because those things always differ. Um, that's subjective to each person. You know, that's that's something that each person will have to determine for themselves. And they kind of want to see if that aligns with how they view success as well. So that's stuff that you could possibly ask. We have a whole list of questions that um, we could share with you guys. If there's any, if you would like more questions and more content, we just kind of want to give you like a brief overview mm-hmm. yeah. type questions that you could possibly be asked so that way you're you're not going in there uh like a deer like a deer looking at some headlights mm-hmm. like whoa i was expecting a lot of pharmacy questions but i'm not getting that yeah you know? definitely um you can definitely find good lists like pharmacy residency type questions online there's also a lot of good helpful youtube videos that i watched um i can't tell you like exactly like who made the videos because i watched like a bunch of random ones but I, that's something i like I often found that was very helpful. And then when you're getting closer to your interview day and you've been preparing, um, I found it's really helpful to either FaceTime a friend or call a friend and like mock interview each other. That way you can kind of give each other feedback and tips and it'll feel more natural to you when you do your interview. Definitely, definitely. Practice, practice, practice. I would say I probably practice anywhere between one to two hours just on the answering questions just on figuring out, okay, how would I want to answer the question if they asked me about a time I had to deal with a, a difficult provider or a provider rejected my opinion. How would I respond to that question? How would I do that? And I would practice with a classmate so they could tell if I was using a lot of filler words, a lot of um, like, if my story flowed well, you know, did it sound like I was just making stuff up or was this truthful? Like, how did they interpret the scenario? Because there might be some questions that 
you just don't have an honest answer to. So you might have to kind of come up with some things. And it's nice to be able to practice that on the fly, you know, because you are, you will get thrown a curveball. I think at every place I was thrown a curveball with a question. So having your friend also throw you some curveballs with uh, the questions they ask you, I think would be very beneficial. And I know some colleagues, they also would record themselves. So they would just record questions and play that and then record themselves answering those questions just to hear back to see how they sounded. Uh, did it sound like it was 100% prepared? You know, did it sound like they were reading a script or did it sound authentic, genuine, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely practice, practice, practice. I would say at least an hour, 30 minutes to an hour a day, and you should be good to go. Um, from when you start to find out about your, your interview dates, I think you should be good to go about 30 minutes to an hour a night for sure. And then another thing to help with the interview process on interview day, I believe every site I went to, I had a presentation. What about you, Sean? All of them, but one. I had a presentation. All but one. Okay. So not but the one that didn't have a presentation. I had to send them my PowerPoint slides of a presentation I, I previously have done, but I never had to give the presentation for that one. Okay. You just had to send them the slides. Okay. So most likely you will have to have a presentation. And luckily you have rotations to do that for you. So I would recommend just using a presentation. You did it on your rotations. Of course, if it's AmCare related, I'm going to do one that was AmCare focused. You know, you want your presentation to kind of match that, that patient population with that hospital or the patient population of the residency that you're applying to. You know, if you're applying to the VA, you might want to do something that affects that patient population. You know, it's mainly going to be men, um, most likely older individuals. So you kind of want to do something like that, not something for pediatrics, not a pediatric um, presentation. So that's what I would recommend as far as that. I don't think they necessarily want the most creative or extravagant presentation. It's just a way to kind of see how a person presents, how they would put together slides, because you're going to have presentations mm -hmm. um, throughout your residency, and also how you can respond to the questions at the end when they ask mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head um, of what they're sort of looking for. Presentation skills, how you respond to questions when being like um, probed for answers. Um, and then also, um, like, can you make a PowerPoint that looks neat and professional? Mm -hmm. Like, did you, can they tell you actually put the time into it or did you just slap something together? Can they tell by the way you're conveying information to the audience? Did you prepare before or did you just rush this together? Kind of going on this topic, the biggest interview mistake I made that I feel was during doing presentations, because some of them you had to do like a topic of your choice. And the topic I picked was sept um, septic shock because I've done that presentation so many times. But the topic is just so broad that I didn't have enough time to like, cover everything. And then like the amount of questions they can ask me could be all over the place because there's just so many different agents used it's such a large like topic so much like trials so much going on so i wish or what i would advise you to do is find a shorter more narrower topic and it'll make your life a lot easier 
because you'll have questions. You can kind of know what their questions are going to be like at the end. And then you only have to cover a smaller amount of material and you won't feel like you need a hundred slots. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. You don't want it to be too general, you know, definitely try to keep it um, more narrow, more specific disease state. And also keep in mind, I don't think we said this, but every place I presented, it was only 10 minutes except for one place. And that was 20 minutes. So these are short presentations. So you don't want to have something that's super broad because then you have to really, um, you have to prepare a lot of information. It's going to be hard to, to Mm -hmm. present on that topic in 10 minutes, you know? So that will definitely benefit you to do something that's more strict, more narrow. Um, I've heard some people try to do a guideline review and that can be kind of challenging if you only have 10 minutes. So just keep in mind, it's not going to be a long time. It's 10 minutes. Uh, try to keep it more specific, more, more narrow of a topic, like Sean said, and, you know, be able to respond to questions. If you're not sure what the answer is, just let them know that this is what you're thinking, but you'll get back to them with the correct answer. Um, and make sure you do email them and you get that person's email that asks that question. So you can um, definitely get back to them with the correct response. Yeah. Um, so sorry. Um, also something that is also huge is when you get the email describing like your interview day, they're going to go in depth of what they're looking for your presentation. Make sure you follow those instructions because some places will, some places will um, say slide one. I want this Slide two. I want this Slide three. I want this. Like some places are going to be just, Hey, just give me a topic of your choice. Some places are going to give you instructions for every single slide. So it's really important that you follow that. Yeah. And some places will, the presentation won't even be pharmacy. I had a couple locations that it was just more about you. It was a presentation on yourself. And, you know, with that one, you can certainly get creative, but they were specific about how they wanted each slide to be done, like Sean said. So you definitely want to make sure you follow the instructions, because if you don't, that may not be a, a candidate that they would be really interested in. So definitely make sure you follow the instructions. You kind of cater it to the patient population of the hospital. And, you know, sometimes you could do something that's not a very broad topic that was cool that you came across on your rotations. And, you know, you could present that. I I had a couple scenarios where I did that for a couple of my presentations and they weren't aware. One of them was on a new drug and that um, hospital wasn't aware about this new drug approval. And they thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, you could always try to do different things as well but just try to keep it short and narrow. That's the main thing. Um, Cause you're only going to have 10 minutes. So if it's a very broad topic, it's going to be tough, real tough to be able to explain it well. And then awesome. next, we just wanted to kind of give y'all some tips. I know Sean um, has an excellent tip that I stole <laughs> from him. I think after like two interviews and I was like, ah, I see why Sean does this. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and let you uh, tell the audience one of, one of your uh, your gems. It shouldn't even be a tip. It should be a gem. This is yeah. a gem. Like that. And I know which one you're alluding to because um, <laughs> I've used it a couple times. It's easier when it's more fresh in your mind. But yeah. um, so what I was doing, because like I sort of had like um like a break, like kind of like a break or like little laps or like during my times, like um free time, I was reading like a lot of like motivational, like self-improvement books, stuff like that. So I would use a lot of like references or quotes to respond to someone's question. 
because a lot of the times you can sort of use that to shape like your thoughts on something but then it also shows like this person is putting in the time effort to improve themselves so not only are you showing like a good um sort of start of an answer to their question but you're also showing basically what he was kind of um alluding to is he was reading a lot of self-help a lot of motivational books sean and i we we like to read books so we, we like to push each other and and share share different share different books um with one another and one thing he recommended was using some of the books whether it's pages in uh, whether like specific quotes or using different books and quoting that with your responses so give i don't want to give an example because that might i don't know if sean wants wants that to be given but you know, there's a lot of great books that you can read, like The Seven Habits of um, Highly Successful People. There's, I'm like blanking on one. I actually had to read for my rotation. Oh, Atomic Habits, Atomic Habits. Seven, seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And there's quite a bit of other ones. I'm actually blanking on books right now. But a lot of the top selling self-improvement motivational books you could certainly use. And while reading that, you might find a quote that kind of relates to you and use that in your response. Because a lot of times we found out that, you know, a lot of these pharmacists also read or they read similar books or certain quotes connects with them. So that's something that definitely wanted y'all to to definitely try and go ahead and do. Sean, are you back? Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I was just mentioning a couple books. I mentioned Atomic, Atomic Habits. I think it was Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Yes. Yes, that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just mentioning different books that people could read and kind of pull quotes from if that pertains to their life or their lifestyle. And they could incorporate that in the responses to questions that, that they are asked. A great gem. Trust me, a great gem. The, the way a pharmacist's face lit up when I started using that in interviews, um, I was like, wow, Sean, Sean was on something. So that's a, that's a free gem for everybody. Definitely use book references or quotes um, in your response to questions. Uh, another tip that we wanted to give is definitely use the star format. It doesn't have to be specific to that, where it's like situation, task, um, action, result, as far as how to answer questions that they ask you. You don't have to do it specifically in that manner, but I think having the star format, using that format to respond to questions um, could really help you keep everything categorized. So especially when I'm asked a question and I start talking and sometimes you ramble too much and a person might lose the reason why you're mentioning something. Why, why did you like, what was the point of this? Okay, you told me the situation, you told me the task, you told me the action you were doing but that result will help tie back everything together. So sometimes you can lose the audience by talking too much about the actions and all the different things you did, but using that star format where you can respond to a question within two minutes, somewhere between like 30 seconds to two minutes, and you're probably thinking two minutes, that's a long time. When you start talking, (laughs) you realize that that time actually goes by pretty quick. So definitely using the star format but don't have to use it specifically like, oh, the situation was this, the task was this, the action was this, the result was this. But definitely making sure that you touch those points and how you respond to the question and definitely, definitely end with the result in a positive sense. 
So that way it ties back everything together. So definitely recommend using the star format. I would, like I said, write out the question, answer it with the star format. And then from there, I would know how I would, how I would want to um, respond to that question verbally. So that could be a good way to kind of orchestrate and organize your responses. Another key thing would be to review your CV. I personally was not asked any questions on my CV, but that could have just been the sites that I was at. I would still recommend for you to review your CV because you never know what question you could be asked and the how in-depth that question could be. So that's why with the, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so um, I actually got asked a couple questions on my CV. Oh, wow, yeah, I didn't get any. Like, well, I'm sure you got asked the, about, tell me about your podcast question. But. Oh, oh, true, true, true. My bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> like, besides true. that one, yeah. like um, a couple presentations I had listed down, like posters I did at conferences. Um, one of my MUEs on Tosalusimab and COVID, they asked me about um, what, what, what did you guys find? I'm very curious. Because like at the time it was more like controversial. So like, like the ID person was like, or ID and ICU pharmacist were both like, entry like yeah what did you guys find like what were your outcomes like would you use and like I feel like they wanted to like not only was it like their interest but they wanted to know like I guess like the initiative like I put in towards like that project and stuff like that like, and it was still know, early COVID it was what yeah. January February 2021 mm-hmm. yeah it was it was like kind of like oh, gosh it's so hard to remember such a long year but yeah, so that was still a big thing going on with, with all the hospitals. So definitely, I could see them asking you questions on that. But yeah, I, f- I forgot about the, about the podcast questions, but that was it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it for, for my questions. But definitely just review your CV content. Um, those bullet points that you have on there should definitely keep you kind of up to date on things. And if you did any research or presentations, just kind of look at your poster real quick or uh, kind of look at your your abstract of your research project so that way you can kind of get a brief idea of the results and, and everything that you used. Um, I was gone for, um, did you mention any about like the, um, looking like the program or, or looking up like any of the people you for sure going to be in your interview beforehand? No, I didn't, but you seem okay. to talk about it. So go for yeah, it. that's something that I did pretty much all my interviews was I like either the day before or the morning of it was a later interview. I would just take notes again of the site. Like, Oh, they have one of the, they have a top 100 cardiology program for the last 10 years. The heart program is called this, like stuff like that like, really stood out about like maybe the hospital or that program in specific. Like they have these electives or stuff like that. Like, awesome. Like now I have talking points when they ask me why this program, I can be specific. And then, um, if they give you a like a very organized schedule where you have like obviously the RPD is going to be in your interview, but some schedules give you like all the preceptors of various specialties as well. They're going to be in your interview. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to do is I would kind of like to look at like their LinkedIn or like their pages on their company website and get more introduction to like who they are. And then also when they introduce themselves in the beginning of the interview, I would have so much information about them that I could ask like a very detailed question about them. Like someone like you see that's worked for this VA or that hospital for 20 years. 
at the end of my session with them and be like, so I know you said you've worked here for 25 years. Like, what about this culture? What about this hospital in general has kept you here for so long? Like just stuff like that. Like it shows like you're interested and like you pay attention. So that's just some things I did to be a little sneaky in the interview. Yeah. Uh, that was great advice. Cause I also did that too with, there was one site I remember I asked a question and the person, the RPD could not remember what the result of like their research was. So they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking. They're like, I'm gonna get back to you before the end of this. Don't, <laughs> they're like, don't leave this interview. Cause you know, cause it, for us, it was all on Zoom. So you would go into different breakout rooms, but he was like, don't fully end the session until we talk again. Cause I'm gonna get this, to, this information to you before you leave today. So that was pretty cool. And he was like, that was a great question. He was like, I'm honest. I honestly don't remember. Like I have to get back to you. So that's something that kind of shows the initiative and you did your homework too, because, you know, at the end of the day, they want a person that really wants to be there. So that's one of the ways that you can show that you're really interested in being there and interested about knowing about them. So definitely great advice, Sean. Another one that I like is another tip would be, Practice how to respond to questions if you don't know the answer. It's huge. Definitely big, because there's probably going to be one or two questions you may not know the answer to if it's like clinically. And the correct answer is I don't is not I don't know. Because <laughs> once you're the pharmacist, if you don't know, what does that mean? Like, you got to figure it out. So something you can definitely do is talk about how you would find the answer or talk about like, hey, I'm thinking this, but this is how I would go about finding the answer. I would search in Clint Farm or LexiComp, search this drug up to see if it's indicated for this condition, um, look at the dosing and administration, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something that I would recommend practicing on how to answer a clinical question that you don't know the answer to or how you would go about finding the answer. If you would look it up, uh, I would go to the IDSA guidelines. And if you happen to know the year, that's even better. Um, I want to say it's like 2018, but I'm not positive. Uh, but, you know, something infectious disease related, like I checked the IDSA guidelines and look in this section to see what they recommend. And then I would go to ClinFarm to make sure, you know, um, this is the correct dosing and indication and all that good stuff. I don't know if you have anything else for that, Sean. Um, yeah, I think that's 100% how to answer it. Sometimes what I would do is it'd be like, to be complete, like if I was like, some, like sometimes there's going to be answers where like, you're pretty sure it's the answer but you're not a hundred percent so i would sometimes be like like hey like i remember reading this or i did a project on this so i am um i'm thinking that it's this so i'm pretty confident that this is the answer however i'm not a hundred percent sure and when dealing with patients or treating people i want to make sure i have a hundred percent confidence so even though my um past like intellect and like things that i've dealt with are leading me to this answer i would never want to put like guessing work or something so i would definitely use a, one of the resources like you talked about before to confirm my answer choice but this is currently where um my thinking is in answering the question yeah, yeah. Like, okay. just like something like that yeah. yeah i think that's a great response and you know throwing in the guidelines always helps because then that means you know where to find the information especially if you know the year i forgot what it was it was I might have been cholesterol. It might have been like the ACCHA. I don't remember. It was something, but I happen to know the year of the guidelines too, and, and they like that because the guidelines do get updated. So if you know the most recent year of the guidelines, that could also kind of be beneficial. Um, that could be in your favor for sure. 
Let's see. Any other tips, Sean? So, like, I had some internet problems, so I just switched to my phone. So, I don't know what you um, talked about while I was gone for a little bit. But um, something that I think is key is, so, it's, an interview can be very informal. Like, I don't want to say informal, but, like, it's a very, like, formal process. But I think you can relax. What's that? It can be very relaxed. Like, we could all formally, they could, the pharmacists and preceptors can make it relaxed. Exactly. So like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like, sorry, I got my word messed up, but yeah, but like try to do your best to make it like conversational and like, kind of like feel it out because some places are going to be super professional where maybe you can't make it too conversational. Yeah. Like other places, like, so kind of like feel it out, I would say, because for me, I like having something that's more conversational and flowy. So you can better like understand and get a feel for the program than also the people you're interviewing with. So yeah, but also definitely stay positive for everything you say. If you have an awful coworker or an awful classmate, awful preceptor, never bash anyone. Just like stay positive, especially when they ask you your conflict questions and stuff. You want to like try to do your best and like understanding like someone's situation and like, to help them. You try to reach out, like, resolve the issue, things like like you understand like like to me like just things like that like just try to stay positive in everything you're saying positivity be confident and as long as you say the right things you should uh ace your interview you have anything uh, I, I would say the the last thing and then kind of tie together would be be yourself and be confident so be confident that you're prepared for this moment they want to interview you for a reason. There's something special about you that they like because they probably had somewhere between 60 to 100 applicants and they chose you. So you should have some confidence in that. Don't feel like you're, you're not prepared or you can't handle this. Have some confidence um, when you're going into the room or virtual, if it's a virtual interview, have some confidence when you're logging into Zoom or whatever other software they're using and just also be yourself because they want to make sure not only do you understand things clinically, um, you know, your presentation skills are well, but do you fit as a person with what we're trying to do here? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing. Cause it's a culture. Every single health system is a culture and don't just think of it as a one year stay. Cause your one year residency can end up to you staying there, maybe part-time, maybe PRN for a couple of years. And then maybe you find your dream job. So you might be there for a while. So they want to make sure that you really fit with their culture and that you'll not only get along with all the pharmacists, but all the pharmacy technicians, because you're going to have to work with them, all the different nurses. If you're working inpatient, the different physicians, like does your vibe, your chemistry, however you want to call it, does your character personality fit in well with the type of employees at that hospital? So that's why I think it's important to be yourself and don't try to be someone you're not. You know, if you're a person who's very happy all the time, very smiley, very, you know, fun and interactive, then, you know, maybe if you ask a question, ask a fun and interactive question when they ask you if you have any questions or, you know, smile during the interview, be happy. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be super you know, serious face the whole time, like, it's okay. Like, they want to know personalities, especially if you're applying for an AmCare residency, because uh, my AmCare interviews, they definitely had some personality. 
But some of my other ones, they were more serious too. And that's where Sean kind of talked about earlier is kind of reading the room. You know, is this going to be a super formal interview the entire time? Or is this going to be playful? I had one site literally within the first minute, they're like, take a deep breath, relax. We're going to have fun today. <laughs> like, you know, be professional, but be relaxed. It's okay. Like we get it. You're probably super nervous. We understand if you need to take a break, drink some water, stretch, whatever the case may be, we completely get it. Like we were in your shoes before. It was very nerve wracking. We don't want that to happen here. All right. We want this to be a fun day. You should be super excited. You got an interview. You've been working, you know, towards this point for a long time, et cetera, et cetera. So you'll hopefully, if you can't read the, read the vibe or read the room, hopefully they just flat out tell you how this interview will go early on, like um, some of the sites that I had an interview at, which was very, very good to know, especially if it's your first interview. <laughs> so it's like, it's nice to know just walking in that, okay, this is, this is going to be fun. Even though we're going to be here for a long time, let's make this as fun as possible for the both of us. But yeah, that's, that's about all I would say. Definitely, you know, just be confident, stay positive, be yourself. Even if you feel like you didn't do well in the interview, don't beat yourself up about that. There's a couple sites that they definitely told me that like, hey, don't let your performance discourage you here. If you feel like you didn't answer all of our questions, great. Answering the questions is only, answering like the clinical questions or the behavioral or situational questions are only a part of our scoring system. Like your personality also really matters. So that's why um, we definitely want you to be yourself. We want you to be confident in your abilities and enjoy this experience. You know, not everybody gets an interview. And you should really be happy about that and just make the most of this opportunity. And so with that being said, um, I believe we have a couple more reviews to do. Um, we, we definitely want to kind of discuss interview day, how that process would be, um, kind of touch upon type of like stuff you could see with the clinical case um, from, for everybody that's wondering about that. And then I think our last episode would kind of be the ranking slash match process where we can kind of give y'all tidbits on what to do and what not to do. Uh, definitely don't do something I did. <laughs> Sean knows what I'm talking about um, as far as the ranking process, but uh, it all worked out for me. So that's good, but it could not have worked out for me. And that would have been bad, but definitely, um, you know, stay tuned, tune in for our next couple of episodes for this uh, road to residency series. So interview day is coming up next. And then after that, we'll have the ranking and match day process. And once again, if there's anything you guys want us to expand upon, I know last series we did the CV, letter of intent, letter of recommendation. We try to condense it into like a 20, 30 minute pep talk. That's a lot of information that we could actually give you guys. So if you want more specific information on a letter of intent, on how to construct your CV, on how to ask people for a letter of recommendation, how to know if they're going to write you a good one, definitely, definitely, definitely reach out to us. And based on the questions that we receive from everybody, we'll do another episode really honing in on that specific topic, either the CV, letter of intent, letter of recommendation, just because we know if some of you guys have these questions, probably a lot of y'all do. So we just are trying to give y'all some free, helpful information to help you with your process. So it won't be as stressful as ours. That's the goal. Uh, <laughs> that's the goal. So to help you, help y'all where some people have, were able to help us and some people weren't able to help us. So that way, um, at least you guys will have an easier uh, process 
with the preparation for your CV letter of intent and how to ask for letter of recommendations. So, and same thing with today's episode. If you would like more questions, um, like Sean said, he just went on YouTube. I think I just Googled like pharmacy residency type questions and I was able to find a whole bunch of stuff. But if, if you want more specific things, feel free to reach out to either one of us at Capsule Production on Instagram. Um, we're also on Facebook. If you don't have an Instagram, um, you can reach out to either one of us. I don't, Sean, did you join LinkedIn yet? Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been studying, man. Well, all right, all right, all right. I'll, after, after the MPJ, I'll make one. Yeah, yeah, Sean, you don't have to. It's okay. It's okay. I just didn't know if you joined. I just need to do it because like, oh, I can keep like um, my, my, uh, my network of everybody in Orlando and then everybody I meet in Gainesville. So I think it'll be, it'll, it's definitely beneficial. I think I do have one, but I haven't ever added anything to it. I think I just had it. So I could go to Okay. Cause I've, I've gotten some friend requests from people who never had one. So I was, I didn't know if, if you sneaked in, but okay. I have a LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, you can access one of us reach out to us, message us either individually or on the, the Facebook, the capsule production, Facebook page or the Instagram page. And we'll definitely get back to you as quick as we can with a list of questions and different resources that, that you can find that provides you with different behavioral situational uh, type questions. All right. So with that being said, thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we look forward to hearing y'all from y'all soon and just stay tuned because we've got two more, two more, uh, episodes to go for this series. Thank you.